It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Well, that was a first half to forget for the Cincinnati Reds, but we're going to look forward to the second half. There are storylines abound, and we're going to talk about that here on today's podcast. Also, Luis Castillo trade rumors are all over the place, and I'm going to tell you about a deal that makes sense to the Seattle Mariners. Plus, with all of this trade talk and the fact that his days are clearly numbered as a Cincinnati Red. Where does Luis Castillo fit in as far as top pitchers in Reds history? We're going to talk about that on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I am Jeff Carr, your host and a lifelong addict and fan of the Cincinnati Reds. I've turned an addiction into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure that you're subscribed on all platforms because Locked on Reds is free and available on all platforms. On today's podcast, we are going to take a look at how the Reds can squeeze some more talent from Seattle via trade and where Castillo will land among the pantheon of great Reds pitchers. But first we've got to look ahead to the second half, which begins tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining me here on today's locked on Reds podcast. You know, this first half it's been rough, right? It's been a little bit tough to enjoy Reds baseball this year. As we have this off day in between the all-star break, which Really, in terms of a break, is a little bit more of a nap than a break, but it's almost over. The Reds begin a three game set with, or four game set with the St. Louis Cardinals tomorrow at Great American Ballpark. And as that series begins, it's got me wondering what are we looking at? storyline wise this second half because we've talked about all of the rookies we've talked about some different stuff that we wanted to see from them this year there's still plenty to talk about when we look at that but honestly the biggest storyline for the Reds in this second half of the baseball season and I use half in quotation marks because there's only 71 games left is that Luis Castillo trade we've been talking about the rumors for days now for weeks now where is he going to go Is he going to stay? 
there's a less than 1% chance that he stays, by the way. I would love to say that I think it's going to happen. It's not. So where are the Reds going to trade him? Everybody is in on this. This is not a situation where there's only a couple of teams. So it's interesting to kind of fixate on one. But again, here we are, the Reds and the Mariners talking a trade. You may remember the last time the Reds and Mariners made a trade because we really weren't that happy about it. (laughs) They ended up getting rid of Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez, and they got back some prospects who... While they're exciting, they're not necessarily just going to move the needle as much as Castillo and Suarez, or as much as Winker and Suarez did. So there's been a lot of questions. And when you look at the Seattle Mariners, is that the kind of team that the Reds can get a lot out of? I believe so. I'm going to tell you about that here in a little bit. But as far as the trade itself, the Luis Castillo trade, we're going to point back at this for years to come. The Reds have to get this trade right. They have to get the kind of players that not only are franchise-changing prospects, but they're guys that need to be up in the next year or so. This isn't a situation where we can say, yes, we are very excited about the guy we just got back from X team who's going to be here in four years because the Reds decided to pivot. The Reds decided that they wanted to move in a different direction that didn't cost them as much money this year, which made no sense to me, made no sense to pretty much every single Reds fan because they were right there. They were on the cusp of playoff contention. The window had just opened. And then they voluntarily close their own contention window. So how do they reopen it? They do it with this Castillo trade. Because we've said it before, if you're looking at a player on this roster and they don't look like they're going to be big contributors to a successful Reds franchise in 2024, they need to be traded. Luis Castillo is going to be way too expensive for this front office that has just shown no propensity to give out expensive deals for him to be here in 2024. So how do you turn him into valuable trade pieces, valuable players that will come back and turn this franchise around? I think you can do that in Seattle. We're going to talk about that coming up here in a minute, but I also want to look at some guys who are here, some guys who are going to be here in 2024 and are in the major leagues right now, because as you look at the number one dude, the guy who is going to be the ace of this staff, and I have not changed that opinion based on his performances this year, it's Hunter Green. Hunter Green, this second half, has a huge challenge in front of him. How does he adjust? Because it's very clear the book is out on him. If you don't hit the slider, you can hit the fastball. You just have to time it. Now, his slider is really the indicator as to how good his day is going to be. If he's dropping it in the zone, if he's throwing it in there for strikes, then the hitters are going to have a hard time for the entire game. But if he is throwing it outside the zone, if it's something that's not fooling hitters, if it's turning into a waste pitch, it's going to be a long day because he's not there yet with his changeup. That is the key storyline for him. Does he develop that changeup at all, or is this something we've got to wait for the offseason to get to? But there's some other lines, too. Like, if you look at his performances, he's currently got 113 strikeouts. He leads the team in strikeouts. How does he build that number? How much does he pitch? He's thrown 90 innings so far this year, and we know from every Major League Baseball team over the last decade that the way that you treat 
rookie starting pitchers is not what the Cubs did. And, and I'm going all the way back here on this one. Not what the Cubs did with Mark Pryor. You're not going to do that. So they're not going to throw him to death. There's a pitch count. There's an innings limit that they're not going to make public until they shut him down. But where is that spot? Because right now at 90 innings, and I'd have to see exactly how many pitches he's thrown, but at 90 innings, you probably figure he's not going to double that. And especially, you know, there's 71 games left. He's not really going to have the chance to double that unless he's throwing a lot of complete games. So you're probably looking at, I don't know, around 130 innings. What does that mean for the rest of his season? He currently isn't that close to the highest ERA of a season for anybody, which, by the way, is Eric Milton from 2005. Yeah, you didn't think you'd hear an Eric Milton reference on today's podcast, but here it is. I don't think he's going to be that bad. I think he's going to improve in that ERA department. But where does he land in the strikeouts total? Where does he land on his innings? I think it's probably somewhere close to 130. Then we look at Nick Lodolo. On the other side of the rookie coin, there's really three sides of this coin, which don't make a lot of sense. But on the second side, Nick Lodolo, how does his back respond? He had that back issue that kept him out for a little bit. And I think part of that was probably the Reds kind of just chilling out on his service time and chilling out on how much he was going to get used. But I also think that he really was dealing with something. So does that crop up again? That's something that's going to be a problem for him, or is it going to be healthy and can he can keep control while pitching because I really think if he isn't walking guys he is deadly I mean he showed that against the Cardinals now he showed that control problem can really mess him up but if he is in the zone if he is throwing strikes hitters have a hard time with the stuff that he's throwing up to the plate so that's really going to be the key for Nick Lodolo and then Graham Ashcraft how does he adjust to the adjustment the league has already made 98 mile an hour cutters are all well and good but if other hitters know how to hit him then it's going to be interesting because he's not the high strikeout guy he's more of a Wade Miley type of pitcher yes he's better than Wade Miley but he is a Wade Miley guy in that he's trying to induce weak contact as opposed to missing bats. How do these rookie pitchers develop over the second half? And really looking at the lineup, I mean, you got Tyler Stevenson. Can he stay on the field and can he consistently stay on the field? That's that's really what I'm looking for, because if you look at his statistics right now, they're phenomenal. But he's only had a, like 180 at bats because of the multiple different injuries that he's had to deal with. Can he stay on the field is the biggest thing for me. There's a couple of other storylines I want to get into. Plus, this question right here from Vince, is Luis Castillo going to the Mariners? If he is, I've got the trade that the Reds should make. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before we jump into that, though, let me tell you first, if you're looking for the piece that's going to impress your significant other, you've got to go to Blue Nile. Blue Nile has the kind of custom jewelry that you can get, whether you're talking about your girlfriend, your boyfriend, if you're looking to propose, if you're just looking to celebrate a special moment in your all's lives, go to BlueNile.com today. They've got a special anniversary sale going on. 40% off all jewelry except for engagement. They have a 25% off deal for engagement rings. Check them out today at BlueNile.com. They've got bench jewelers that are on call 24-7 that can help you out because if you're like me and you know what kind of t-shirt you want to wear and you know what kind of hat you want to wear, but when it comes to the shiny stuff, who knows? Go to BlueNile.com right now. Check out their anniversary sale and make sure that you shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. 
And quick uh, cross-sport reference here for a minute. Locked On's got this awesome uh, NFL Top 50 going on right now. The Top 50 odds movers and line changers in the NFL. I'm guessing Joe Burrow's going to be pretty high up on that list. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going on right now on Locked On NFL. Check out the Locked On NFL YouTube page and subscribe to Locked On NFL on your favorite podcast provider. And thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen today. Let's talk about some trades because Luis Castillo being traded is the biggest storyline of the second half for this Reds team. He is the kind of guy, and yes, I totally agree, Greg, he's got to bring back a lot of talent. Guess what? There is a dude that they can get in Seattle. Seattle has been the kind of team that's been linked with the Reds in multiple trade scenarios. And when you're looking at Luis Castillo, there's a key return that I think they have to shoot for. It's reported that the Reds are looking for pitching. And I don't necessarily know that that has to be the first thing that they get. We're not talking about like the best return. The best player in the deal has to be a pitcher. Because as much as I'd like to see it happen, George Kirby ain't getting traded by Seattle. Seattle is holding on to George George Kirby because he is a huge part of their future. And, and well, so he's a future ace. He's the kind of guy that can be at the top of the rotation for them. I would love it if the Reds could get him. They're not going to. But there's another guy that, yes, it's going to be hard for the Mariners to say yes to this deal, but he's a top 20 prospect. In fact, he is the number 19 prospect in all of Major League Baseball. I'm talking about Noel V. Marte. He's a shortstop who could be ready next year. And he fits the idea that Nick Lodolo has presented, or Nick Lodolo, that Nick Crawl has presented about building a team. You want to build the team from the center of the field out, center fielders and shortstops. And, you know, if you can't play shortstop, you can move a shortstop to third base, right? You can move a shortstop to second base. It's when it's, we talked about this before that in years past, it felt like they were moving corner outfielders to center field. They were moving third baseman and first baseman over into second base and shortstop. And that's really been the biggest problem for them defensively. We've seen it this year. There's so many issues in the field. So you want to build a team with shortstops and center fielders. You want to load up on that talent. And Noel V. Marte is right there. He's going to be ready next year, at least according to MLB Pipeline. And usually they're pretty right with this sort of thing. But they, he is a top 20 prospect. He is very, very good at pretty much everything on the baseball field. And he would be a great addition. The kind of guy that, you know, we haven't talked about this guy a lot because he just hadn't been in the news. The kind of guy that would alleviate some pressure off of Jose Barrero. And, and maybe remove the pressure altogether. Maybe no LV Marte turns into the shortstop of the future because of this trade. But the key thing is the Reds can get a guy that is extremely impactful and could really change the course of this. Not necessarily change the course. I think that they're going to be good in 2024, but he could be the exclamation point on that, on that uh, idea. There's two other guys that I think that they should definitely look for, and that's Matt Brash and Levi Stout. Now, that's outside of the fact that Levi Stout would just be a great craft brewery name for the city of Cincinnati that loves its craft beer. But I also think that he is going to be a solid pitcher. He's got really good stuff, needs to rein in his control a little bit, according to scouting reports. But he's got a couple of pitches that are rated 60 on a scouting scale. And again, scouting scales are from 30 to 80. So a 60 is 
phenomenal. His fastball and his changeup are both phenomenal pitches, according to the scouting grade. He just needs to work a little bit on his control. And then Matt Brash as well. Lots of good pitches, a good pitch mix. We're not talking about two guys who are two-pitch pitchers. They have multiple pitches, three, four pitches that they can turn to and could be legitimate starters if they are ready to, and both of these guys are ready now, Matt Brash has already gotten a few major league innings this year and Levi Stout should be ready next year. Again, these are guys that are fitting into the mantra of 2024 is when the Reds are going to be back, baby. I don't necessarily know that we can already punt next year. Maybe they'll be pretty decent. They should be a 500 ball club or at least close to a 500 ball club next year if they make the right trades. And this is the kind of move that they should look at. Noel V. Marte. Top 20 prospect in baseball. Matt Brash, good pitcher. I think he's rated like number 68 prospect in baseball. And then Levi Stout, outside of the top 100, but he's a top 10 Mariners prospect. Great three guys. But you probably need a little bit more from this deal. And this plays into something that Steve and I have been talking about ad nauseum when it comes to what the Reds should do at the trade deadline. Add in Brandon Drury. So you trade Luis Castillo and you trade Brandon Drury, but you're getting back a lot of talent because if you add Brandon Drury in this deal, I believe you can ask for two impact positional players from the Mariners. Both of these guys are top 20 Mariners prospects and Milkar Perez, who is a switch hitting third baseman, really intrigues me. The biggest question mark on him is his power, but everything else is stellar. In fact, he has a 70 grade arm. He could play third base very, very well. You just have to make get him a little bit stronger. Hopefully he adds power to his hitting profile, but with the kind of defense and the kind of arm that he has, he could be a very good third baseman for the red legs. And then you also look at George Feliz. He is a next wave type of guy. This guy would not be part of the 2024 team. He'd probably be up in 2025 or something like that, but he's an outfielder who's a jack of all trades. He's a master of none. Again, Brandon Drury's not going to command the type of return that Luis Castillo will have, but if you add Brandon Drury onto this Luis Castillo trade, you are going to bring back five dudes who are going to really add to the just absolute cavalry that is coming up through the minor leagues. Ellie De La Cruz, you've got um, Michael Ciani should be up next year. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table. You've got guys like Reese Hines, and you've got amazing hitters that are going to really boost this lineup. Plus, the pitching that's still coming up, like Andrew Abbott and Joe Boyle, guys that are going to be impact out of the bullpen, things like that. You've got a lot of dudes who are coming up ready to go. Matt McClain, you've got, and, and really, I'm extremely intrigued. Uh, by a number of different guys that are coming up. So if you add to that list of players with this trade, you're going to really point toward 2024 and say, print the, print the playoff tickets right now. And you know what, Greg? That's a, that's a good point. I looked at this guy too. Zach Deloach is another guy that if we're probably talking about him instead of Milkar Perez for Brandon Drury, but Zach Deloach could be a very interesting pick in here. So you know what? I was kind of 50-50, Greg. You mentioned him. I'm going to go with that. Let's do Zach Deloach instead of Milkar Perez. And he is an outfield prospect. The Reds are a little bit thin on outfield prospects. So here's what we're saying. The Reds would trade Luis Castillo and Brandon Drury. 
to the Seattle Mariners, and they would get back a haul. They would get back Noel V. Marte, top 20 prospect, very, very good shortstop who's going to absolutely build something with this team next year. Matt Brash, kind of pitcher you could probably call up as soon as he gets here. And Levi Stout, maybe not this year, but ready next year. Then you got... I'm going to switch out Milcar Perez for Zach Deloach and George Felice, two good outfield prospects who could add, if if nothing else, they're definitely going to add the kind of depth at the major league level. And we're not talking about organizational depth. We're talking about depth at the major league level, if not be a starter or two for you. So Luis Castillo, Brandon Drury for Noel V. Marte, Matt Brash, Levi Stout, um, Zach Deloach and George Feliz. Now that's a lot of names. That's a lot of stuff. And you're talking about a huge hall of prospects and you'd love to see exactly what the Reds can do. This is the type of thing that I'm talking about. This is why this is the biggest story of the second half for the Reds. Now there's lots of other things. There's different guys who could perform. Well, we could maybe hopefully find somebody in the bullpen. That's trustworthy to add to Alexis Diaz because well, He's the only one, maybe Dowry Moretta. And I'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow whenever Steve returns with me. But I look at this and I say the Reds have to hit this trade, whether it's to the Mariners, whether it's to the Dodgers, they can definitely make a great deal. Like we said here with the Mariners, but there's lots of other teams they could look at. The Dodgers have the kind of prospect capital that would really make a deal interesting. You're talking about multiple top 100 prospects. The Mariners in that deal, Matt Brash is also a top 100 prospect in major league baseball. So you'd love to see that sort of thing, but Noel V Marte is the gem of the deal. And that's who I'd love to see the reds get if they trade Luis Castillo to the Seattle Mariners. Speaking of Luis Castillo going somewhere else, which has me in my feels, obviously I've got a sticker. If you, you know, if you're watching right here live, thank you, by the way, thank you for watching. Uh, this is the first time that I've ever done a live show on YouTube for locked on reds, but if you can see my sticker of Luis Castillo in the background, I've always loved La Piedra. He's been an amazing pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. And with him going somewhere else, it's got me thinking, where does he fall in the pantheon of Reds pitching? Because I think it's in the top five. And I'm going to tell you why here in just a moment. But one thing you've got to, one thing that you know, if you're looking for a next great bet, you got to go to betonline.net. Betonline.net has all of the information for you, whether you're talking about the Major League Baseball season as we get going in the second half. There's all kinds of great futures and things that you can check out awards. Can Hunter Green repair his reputation in the rookie of the year race? Might be a little bit rough, but there's a chance. There's so much going on over at betonline.net. Plus, you can look at NFL futures, NBA futures, and college football futures as well. Woohoo! You see. Go Bearcats, baby. But that's all at betonline.net. You can check it out on your mobile device or on your desktop website today. That's betonline.net, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds your first listen today. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. As you can see on my nameplate right here, you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can also follow the show at Lockdown Reds, and you can follow Steve. Steve will be back tomorrow. We've been having some scheduling stuff, and, and his, you know, his actual day job is keeping him pretty busy. So he'll be back tomorrow, though. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. Let's close out today's show by looking at this because Luis Castillo is probably on his way out. I mean, most likely on his way out. It's it's probably a very, very, very tiny chance, if any, 
that he stays. We're talking about probably the same percentage chance that the Reds had to bring back Nick Castellanos. Where does that make him fall in the pantheon of Reds pitching? Because you look at obvious picks like Jose Rijo and Mario Soto as your top two guys. I don't think that those are, you could probably make an argument for Johnny Cueto really jumping in there and the top two, but your top three are obviously Rijo, Soto, and Cueto. So does Castillo make his way into the top five? I say yes. I think that he is the fourth best pitcher ever. And now you can go back and you can talk about Paul Derringer. You can talk about Johnny Vandermeer. You can talk about um, Bucky Walters. You can look at Noodles Han, some different guys from back then. Pitching now is so much different, so much better than it was back then. Back then you had guys that were hitting 88, maybe 90. And if they hit 95, they were looked at like there was some sort of angel from heaven that was sent down with a glove. Nowadays, that's commonplace. You see Graham Ashcraft touching 98, 100 on a cut fastball. Fastball, it's got a lot of movement. So everything is different now. And modern pitchers are much more valuable than pitchers from the past. So yes, there was a time and place for Paul Derringer and Bucky Walters. It's not now. The top five pitchers of the Reds franchise history, in my, in my opinion, go Jose Rijo, Mario Soto, Johnny Cueto, Luis Castillo. And then I think there's an interesting argument at number five because you've got a lot of guys who I think are underappreciated. You have Mr. Perfect and Tom Brown. And, had, um, and, and speaking of underappreciated, you guys like Aaron Harang and Bronson Arroyo, but their performances just don't, uh, they're not as good in my opinion, to a guy like Tom Browning. I, I think Tom Browning is the fifth best pitcher in the history of the Reds franchise. But that's all to say this. Luis Castillo is the kind of guy that is going to be very missed by this organization. It's going to be very missed by the city. I think that there's a lot of folks that like to give him crap for his walk rate and like to say, boy, why didn't he, why didn't he throw more strikes? You know, or why isn't he more pitch efficient or something like that? At the end of the day, there's few and far between pitchers who are as talented as Luis Castillo. And the Reds have had the absolute fortune, and we Reds fans have had the absolute pleasure to watch a dude like Luis Castillo work for these good years. And, and think about this. The Reds got him for Dan Straley. It's just phenomenal to me. Like Dan Straley, he was great in his short time as a Red. But we know that in the annals of history, when it comes to Major League Baseball, Dan Straley is really not going to be talked about as one of the top, top pitchers of all time. Luis Castillo is going to be much higher on that list. And we know for a fact that whatever team he goes to in this trade deadline, he's going to be pitching well into the playoffs. He might be pitching in the World Series because Luis Castillo is the kind of guy if he goes to a Dodgers or if he goes to the Mets or if he goes to the Yankees, heck, I could make an argument that if he goes, I don't know, let's say the twins, maybe the twins might be an interesting pick, might be a trendy pick now. And I like this. Um, I like this point here. I think it's interesting because the Astros have also been reported as a team that wants Luis Castillo. Now, everybody should want Luis Castillo, but they've been reported as actually contacting Nick Kroll about this trade. 
I'd have to do a little bit more digging, but I tend to agree that I'm not necessarily sure he's the Astros have the prospect capital to make this deal happen. I would need to see somebody probably from the major league side of Houston in a deal. But yeah, Dodgers, Padres, absolutely loaded. Could be an interesting landing spot. The Padres are interesting to me because it feels like they have thrown everything that they could possibly throw at this whole contention idea for the last couple of years, and they are still where they are in the standings. They are still looking up at the Dodgers. Now, again, the Dodgers have the kind of capital that they can contend every single year for the rest of eternity, but what are the Padres going to do when they inevitably make a wild card team? Because with that extra team, they're definitely making the playoffs, I would think, unless they have another crazy collapse. But how do they match up? Because they don't match up very well with the Mets and the Dodgers, I don't think. And maybe not even the Braves. If they get a Luis Castillo, that could be interesting. That could be interesting. But one thing is for certain. Luis Castillo leaves the Reds as one of the top five best pitchers in Reds history. That's going to end it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, thank you for listening as well. If you've just kind of been listening along with us uh, tomorrow on the podcast, Steve will be back. We are going to be talking about a couple of more interesting trade rumors, some surrounding Tyler Malley, plus some takes that we've had over the years, because like I've said, I'm a lifelong Reds fan, man. And I've had some wrong takes. When it comes to the Cincinnati Reds, we're going to look at some of the goofball. Like, okay, just just to give you an example, I was really bought into the idea that Greg Majewski was going to work out. Yeah, you remember that trade, don't you? You remember that horrible, horrible trade that Jim Bowden made with the Washington Nationals. We're going to get into that. That's on tomorrow's Locked On Reds podcast. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. Now go check out Locked On MLB Prospects as Lindsey Crosby continues to break down the MLB draft that just went down. He knows what's coming up next for the stars of tomorrow of Major League Baseball. That's Locked On MLB Prospects, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. With this trade deadline, there's going to be so many rumors coming down. You can trust that every single day, Steve and myself will be locked on Reds every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.